Hey everyone, I'm Rachel, a walking juxtaposition and wearer of many hats. I live with my wife and triplet daughters in Asheville, North Carolina. I'm a book fanatic and author of You Are Not the Thoughts You Think. And I'm Megan, a stay-at-home mom and entrepreneur residing in Dallas, Texas. I live with my husband, two kids, two dogs, and two cats. I'm a fitness and mental health enthusiast, and in between the busy life of being a mom and wife, I'm the owner of my small business called The Love Within Us, where we focus on spreading love and light through self-empowerment. Good morning. Good morning. What a day already. I'm telling you, we've we've been chatting a little bit already, and we said, why have we not pressed record it? So here we are. <laughs> We had good yeah. conversations about uh, applying for jobs and interviews and then teaching kids to blow their nose. Yeah. You know, there's a skill to that, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't, we take it for granted how to teach a child, a two-year-old, a one-year-old, how to blow their nose. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Are we doing confrontation today? I would like to, I, I will say that um, I, I have, Charles is home with me, so we may get interrupted. We may have to, you know, edit that out or or not because real life, depending on it. But um, oh, <laughs> sweet boy! I, t- I tilted the camera, and he's he's at my my door um, in his shark costume because so he's been living in costumes since mm-hmm. like September first. Mm-hmm. But um, yes, I I love this topic. It's a topic I'm really passionate about and I'm passionate about learning more. And I think there are, it's like my husband gave this analogy the other day. I don't know what we were talking about, he, but he said, you know, it's like an onion. There's just so many layers to it. And, and I was thinking on my, oh, by the way, I went, I took, I walked my children to school today. All right. Look at who am I? I know. <laughs> Doesn't that feel good? It was so much, you know, June was a little resistant at first, like, no, why don't you just drive me? And I'm like, well, you know, because this will be really fun. It's really pretty outside. And it was, it was cool. And so I, you know, they each had their little Cheerios and he had water and she had milk and, um, and then I dropped her off and I said, okay, well, do you want me to pick you up in the car? Do you want me to pick you up in the stroller? She just loved it. So she goes, bring the stroller and pick, let's go for a walk. And so, yeah, now that it's getting cooler, it'll, it'll just be really nice to do that. Um, but on my walk, I was sitting there thinking of all these things. I'm like, Oh my God, we need to, Rachel and I need to talk about this. And I don't even know how to describe it. Do you you ever like go to say something and you're like, I I just need you to read into my head and the thoughts that I had and just, just know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like people's love languages and Enneagrams and knowing yourself knowing what your love language is. So you know how to treat yourself um, and fill your bucket because for example, like someone who gets really stressed out or um, a big event has happened that has got them down in the dumps, like they, they, maybe that person turns to eating and it's like knowing that eating doesn't really fill your bucket the way that you're looking for. Like it fills it in that moment because that's your, what you're turning to for comfort, but knowing your love language and how to like fill your bucket Absolutely. appropriately. Yeah. And it, and then it reminded me, I was like, Oh my, it's like the color wheel because someone who's an introvert and an extrovert or, you know, whatever Enneagram you are, it's like, you have to know that opposite of what is going to fill your bucket when you're down mm-hmm. because someone 
Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it should be a visual chart. Yeah. We should make your own. Do we have that? I don't think so, but that's a great idea. Like we should make our own like visual chart that that people could fill in with like when I'm feeling this way, I need to do this Mm -hmm. to fix that. And when I'm feeling this way, I'm I mean you guys can't see me, but I'm pointing like at a circle. <laughs> sides of the circle. I, I'm like but imagining like, this like massive color wheel. I yeah, don't know. <laughs> exactly. And like you, you fill it in, you have to do like that work to fill it in. Mm-hmm. And then I like that idea. We'll have to work on that. You know, and there's, and, and that's with yourself. And I feel like, again, I, I'm struggling to verbalize what I'm trying to say, but because I'm, I'm really into fitness and so many people right? Their, their struggle is either A, getting started or B, their nutrition or C, doing it for a week and then quitting, you know, D, you know, everybody has their own struggle, but it's like finding what works for you and how do you do that? And I think like, ultimately you just have to know yourself. Like you have to be honest with yourself and Mm -hmm. say, I know that I'm going to struggle here. And how are you going to get yourself through that spot um because <clears throat> there's a million how-tos out there right there are a million how-tos you can read but it's not going to work for you if that's not you know you um it worked for that person right but you have to find I don't know and so I just I had all these thoughts and I was like if yeah. somebody could just put them all into yeah. like paragraphs for me sounds like you need to journal I sounds like I do right yeah. get them all down you should see the journal spread I did on seasons uh, where I, I went and I spent probably two hours just brain dumping about seasons. And it was really, it was really good. I got some good stuff in there. We'll have to pick out some stuff in there to, to talk about. I love anything about the seasons because I think there's a lot of change and transformation and just a lot of correlation with that. Yeah. And we stuff we don't pay enough attention to. Um, well, okay. So one of the things I wanted to point out uh, that I think was really interesting is when we came up with the word for this topic, you and I both kept switching back and forth between two words. Okay. So I think the word we originally said we were going to use was confrontation, but you and I both have been using the word conflict. Okay. (laughs) And I think it's interesting because there's, there's like, there's a correlation there, but I think, I think with and, and I want to hear your, your thoughts on this. Like, I think addressing the difference between those two is going to really help our conversation because I feel like conflict is inevitable. You're going to have conflict. If you're avoiding conflict, then there's conflict internally. Like you're going to have mm, issues, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. confrontation is, is something that's deliberate and takes some thought and you're, you're stepping into a conflict. You're confronting something And it's to me, confrontation is healthy, whereas conflict is inevitable and could could be unhealthy, could be healthy. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, and I think there's like a almost like a I'm gonna go back to this color wheel thing, but like a you know like a, a scale. I think immediately my thought when I think of confrontation and conflict, I think of something negative or bad. Something bad has happened. There's a negative confrontation happening it's usually like my immediate thought is someone's yelling um this is terrible but that's not always the case so i do think there's like a scale of that where 
there are a lot of very peaceful and productive confrontations and conflict, but I, I think the confrontation happens because of some kind of conflict. That's a good point. So they have to go, they're hand in hand, but the confrontation, like you said, I think is confronting and approaching the conflict that you have, whether it's within yourself or with somebody else. But I think they are incredibly important. Mm-hmm. I think that's a and, great point. You can have conflict without confrontation, but you can't have confrontation without conflict. And I think, you know, if you're listening, when you hear those words, I think it's important to ask yourself, what does that mean to you? What does conflict mean to you? What do you immediately think of and visualize when you hear that word? And what feelings does it evoke? Oh yeah. What did it, what does it bring up? And what, um, about, and the same for confrontation. And I, I would venture to say that the majority of us think of something that, um, is heavy or negative made us feel anxious, sad, or mad. I think confrontation and conflict is uncomfortable for a lot of people. And is that because we we haven't practiced those enough or have been taught the appropriate ways? I I think you hit on an important point too of why why is it uncomfortable? What mm. makes it, what makes it feel like those bad feelings? And like, my first thought is, well, I, I'm don't like conflict because I don't want to um, hurt the other person. I don't want to upset the other person. So really, if you think about it that way, at least in my case, I'm sure there's other reasons people don't like conflict, but in that case, it's really coming from care and love. And I don't want to hurt somebody but avoiding it obviously can hurt them. But I mean, I think if we would phrase that or keep that in mind when we're having to deal with conflict or having a confrontation, reminding ourselves that we're coming out of it from a place of like, I don't want to hurt them and I I'm hurting and it's a place of caring and love. Mm -hmm. I think that brings up a good, a good point. You know, somebody could say, Oh, well, that doesn't matter to me. And then they go home and they, they stew up, brew over it, stew over it, right? And it, and it so they're lying to them, their, them, themselves, themselves. Mm-hmm. they're lying because it really does matter to them. And I think it's pinpointing why, and then being able to say, hey, so this situation happened and this is kind of what I'm feeling and I just want to talk it out with you. And so you have the speaker, in the listener. So the person who's addressing or doing the confrontation. Mm-hmm. The confronting. About whatever conflict is going on within them or between the other person. Mm-hmm. And then there's the listener. And I think we've, I think it's safe to say that we've all been in both positions. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. They're both hard. Yeah. They're hard. I like the words you just use of like, I've been feeling, I want to talk through, I I don't remember exactly how you said it, but something about, I've, um, I've been thinking about this and uh, I want to talk through it. I think that's a great disarming opening line to a confrontation. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, looking back on my history or my past with different 
confrontations, you know, it, it's different things that have really mattered to me. And it was something that I needed to say because not saying it would be just sweeping those things under the rug. And that's not okay for me or with me. And I've not always handled those situations, you know, maybe whatever you want to call it appropriately. Um, but looking back and how I've grown and how I am moving forward, I know the way that I want to have these types of intimate relationships. And you can't have close intimate relationships and connections if you're not vulnerable and sharing and open and caring and compassionate and, and able to talk about those hard things. I've had a lot of different, I'm going to call them the listener. So mm -hmm. when I've brought up something that um, has been heavy for me and I needed to share it, I've had multiple different types of listeners. And one of those is they sat and they listened and they took it in. I don't know what they were thinking. I'm not sure how they took it, but I can say without a doubt that I was just thankful that they let me speak mm -hmm. and, and just talk without being interrupted. And that I was thankful for. Because that action then, alone is giving you validation and saying like, I, even if I don't agree with you, I'm going to sit and let your voice be I'm going to listen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And then I've had the complete opposite where you know, it's not my fault. I didn't do it. You know, uh, no accountability, cutting me off, yelling at me. I've had the opposite. And that makes me even more nervous. Cause I think, I think anybody who has, who is thinking, I need to bring this up. It, I need to bring this up with this person. It immediately makes you worried you're creating all these scenarios in your head your heart probably starts racing and then you're like well do I do this in person or do I do it on the phone do you know and how do you handle this and and ultimately ultimately I like you said before it's because you care right and then you're so scared about how they're going to react and why is that I feel like and I'm going to use my husband here and he probably, you know, won't like me talk about our relationship, but <laughs> you know, we've worked hard on our relationship as every, you know, marriage does. And when he comes to tell me something that I've, that I've done, that I've made him feel a certain way, it's like heartbreaking, but I have to know that that action made him feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. And that's not okay because I don't want him to feel anything other than worthy and a wonderful husband and, you know, all those things. And it's, it's heartbreaking for me. So I end up shutting down because I'm so mad at myself and sad at myself that, okay, you know, I could never return to him and say, well, you shouldn't feel like that. And well, it's not my fault that you took that the wrong way. Like, no, because that's not opening up to hearing what he has to say you know when he probably doesn't do that back to you either <clears throat> no I think that is common in a lot of relationships because it's like that's either how someone was taught to handle conflict or not taught to handle conflict um or that's what's being mirrored back to them and so that it puts once you're kind of in that defensive state it makes it stay like it's really hard to get out of that defensive mm. state 
So I think it shows a lot too about how, how he acts as well, that it's, you've got that nice balance between the two of you where you can, you've built up that trust where you can come to those, uh, hard com- conversations and, um, and he knows that he can say something and be heard and right. not, not be belittled or something back. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, you, you saying that, you know, a wall gets built up. I think that's really easy for the listener to do because they're probably hearing something that is hard to hear. Right. I think the listener has a lot of control in the, the conversation a lot. And, um, when you hear those things that are, are difficult to hear, um, yeah, you, you immediately build up a wall. You either shut down and say nothing and disregard it, or you, you kind of blow up and start defending yourself. And it's, I think most importantly, you know, it's saying, Hey, this made me feel dot, dot, dot. And it maybe even needs to be said, because I, I think in my head, the people that are in my life are not going to purposefully do things that are going to emotionally or mentally hurt me. So I know that that person didn't do it on purpose, but if it has bothered me enough that I need to confront this situation and it has hurt me and like pained me that I need to confront this situation, then I, I know, I feel like I know that they didn't do it on purpose, but maybe the listener comes from a, you know, well, I didn't, you know, I didn't do that. And it's like, okay, but yeah, it's, it's hard. I mean, I think it's, I think the first key that we've talked about is you've got to uh, understand that all of the confrontations coming from a place of love conflict net necessarily, maybe not, but or not, maybe not necessarily coming from love, but um, with confrontation, I think a lot of times that's coming from a place of care or love. And then it's hard on both people, whether mm-hmm. you're the confronter or the listener, the confronter's probably been thinking about it for a while and processing and trying to word things, figure out how to word it just right. So that it's heard from a place of compassion. Um, they're probably very nervous. I think if we can remember that too, as the listener, because a lot of times like it's brought up to you and you had no idea that you yeah. hurt. I mean, cause it wasn't sure. intentional. You had no idea you upset somebody. So you feel a little bit like you're being attacked because you weren't expecting it. I think if we can remind ourselves of like, this is probably really hard for them and I can do my part for trying to understand, um, to help us come to a solution, whether I need to apologize, um, even if it's not something that was malicious, I, I may owe an apology, um, or maybe it's something we need to come up with a solution for if it's an ongoing or could potentially be an ongoing thing. Yeah. Um, I think of, you know, going back to my husband and, uh, you know, whatever I've done that has, uh, made him feel a certain way. I, I try to say, you know, I hear you Mm -hmm. and I never meant for that to make you feel the way you feel, but I understand that it did. And I'm going to try next time to not do that, but I can't guarantee that I won't do it again. And I need you to put me in check. I need you to remind me because whatever 
I've done is, is probably some sort of behavior, right? And so it's a not not learned, but it's it's something that it's going to be hard to change. So I tried to say, please let me know if I do that again. I know that I I know that I do that, and I'm sorry for that. And um, I hear you, you know. And then and then you can you know we can move on and and he'll tell me, you know, I'll do it again. And he's like, see, you're doing it again. And I'm like. All right, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. And sometimes <laughs> it takes some. There's some work there that needs to come up with, like on the language of how to how to have that ongoing conversation. Because, like mm-hmm. you said, you are gonna make that mistake again. Um, and so sometimes you have to have the conversation about, like, okay, when I do that again, could you please bring it up to me in this such in this way because right. it's now a sensitive thing. I'm working yes. on it. Um, how else? Like if it's something that can be done a different way and you're, you don't want to hurt them again, you know, and do it wrong. So it's, there's more conversation there of like, what would be a good way for me to do that instead? So you didn't like this way of me handling something. Can we talk about ways that would, that you make you feel more supportive, more supported or whatever. And coming up with that, that buy-in trying to think of another way to word that, but basically continuing the conversation of past of like, you do this and it bothers me. Okay. I'm not going to do that to, okay, I hear you. And can you give me some wording on how I could do that differently? Or, um, I need you. I love that you said, like, I need you to remind or tell me and point it out when I do that. Mm-hmm. And I think to protect ourselves when we're a little sensitive, we can say like, I need you to point it out. Could you also, could you do it in this way? So, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I've had to have that conversation with uh, I see that I could see how that would be hurtful. I'm not really sure of another way to handle that. Can you help me figure it out? Yeah. Learn. No, I think that's good too, because you're allowing room for that growth between you and that other person. Right. And it's a problem that the two of you can solve together. No, I think that's, I think that's important. And, and like you said, um, when you remind me in the future, when I'm doing that, yeah. please use this kind of tone with right. me because right. I, I don't <laughs> not see yeah. like you're, you're such a jerk. You did it again. <laughs> I told you not yeah. to do that. Um, you said something earlier on that maybe it's a, like a learned behavior. Mm-hmm. And so that brings me up to people who are addressing conflict and confrontation maybe they grew up in a home that was really hostile right. and they just really weren't shown or modeled that appropriate kind of communication. And so it's easier to shut down and shove it under the rug and then six months later explode. Right. Or, you know, what, what is it and how do we you, you can't teach, you know, you can't teach everybody, but and you're not having these conflicts and conversations with like your grocery store clerk, you know right. what I mean? Like you're having these, you're having these conflicts with people that are close to you, probably like your best friends or your family. And I think that's the hardest part too, because you, you really love this person and you don't, you just want to be heard and move forward. But yeah, I think marriage is the number one place where you have multiple confrontations. And if you're not like, you probably should, because there's, mm-hmm. there's always, you're two people that are trying to live life together. And it's really complicated, mm-hmm. especially when you have children. Yes. Um, 
the one example that I keep thinking of is the dishwasher. Mm. How many <laughs> how many marriages have arguments over the dishwasher? As I, I know we do. That every single one. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the, there's always like one that's very um particular about how the dishwasher gets loaded and then the Usually. other one isn't. Yeah. I don't know why Usually. there's always that balance. People do load the dishwasher wrong. Like yeah. they have to be, I mean, you have to be taught, but it's also like um that's a that's an argument that we've had because I'm very particular I'm the particular one about the uh-huh. dishwasher and uh Jen was offended that I would constantly rearrange how she loaded the dishwasher <laughs> so you know for her 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 solution to that was then I'm just not going to load it because you're going to reload it anyway and that's totally valid but then I saw it as well, now you're just pawn. You don't want to learn. You don't want to deal with it. So you're just going to pawn it off on me. So now yeah. I have to load the dishwasher every time. But really, it's like it's it's me. It's my fault and my issue because her solution is perfectly valid. To if you're going to rearrange it and load it your way anyway. So then I had to learn of like, okay, her not helping with the dishes is not a solution. Not okay solution for me. I need her to be equal dish doer as, as mm-hmm. me. So. I had to say, I know I'm very particular about the dishes. We're going to have to find a compromise. Um, can I show you some of the key like triggers for me with the dishes? On, like, <laughs> <laughs> these things are going to make me want to rearrange um, and other things <laughs> that maybe aren't a big trigger. But I feel like, you know, and it's it seems so silly, but at the same time, the dishes are done every it's every day. single day, and that's where it's like that's because conflict. there's five of you in a household. Yes, I run the dishwasher every day. You and have so to. If I don't have that conversation, if we can't sit down and have a conversation about the dishwasher, then the dishwasher builds into something that's a lot oh. bigger. Oh yeah, it becomes it becomes one thing that it, this massive snowball, and then it's well, you're not helping me, and you right. know. You're you don't lazy, do anything you know, around the house. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. It just builds. Yeah. Yeah. So uh. start, start with the small one, figure out the one thing that's pestering you and have a gracious conversation, very grace filled conversation about like what that, why that triggers you. I think you have to have a conversation with yourself first, a big one before you yeah. go to the confrontation. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a, I think, right. There's like a, there's a gradient level of that. And there's somebody who's going to walk up and say, you know, you're, you're not helpful. You just make me do all the work. You do nothing around here. And it's like, hold up. All right. You're exploding. (laughs) Take it down a notch. Hey, so I noticed that maybe you stopped doing the dishes and it's probably because I re I reload them for you. And that probably doesn't make you feel very good because you tried to help mm-hmm. and it maybe seems like I'm not accepting your help, but I, I am, I just need you to help me, help me, help yeah. me. <laughs> just, just help me, help me. Right. And otherwise I have to rewash the dishes. Yeah. And so there's, there's, there's a way to say that. And, um, you know, there's a tone in your voice and there's, I think there's a choosing your words, you know, you're not, you're not labeling that person, anything or blaming them for anything. It needs to be a discussion. And, and maybe that's really what a confrontation really is, right? It, mm-hmm. it is 
a conversation between the two of you and it's listen to what I have to say and let's find solutions together. Right. Yeah. It doesn't have to be confrontation doesn't have to be a dirty word. Mm -hmm. I think, I think I, we should do a poll and you know what? I, uh, you have been so on top of this podcast thing and I'm supposed to be in charge oh, no. of social media and I, I still like have, I have not like, part. <laughs> oh my God, you know, you know, it was so funny. I was like, oh man, she's going to do all the editing. This is, this is great. I just run the social media. This is easy. I can do this. And yep. I still haven't gotten it up, but we needed to run a poll on that. Like confrontation. What does that bring up for you? Yeah. Just a thumbs up, thumbs down. Is it negative or positive or yeah. neutral? I think hi, there's just so many questions I have with it. Do you find that you have a lot of, um, I don't want to say like pleasant confrontations, but confrontations that don't go uh, explode or go really negative? Or um, do you find that you have, you've had people that have confronted you and how did you handle that? Like if you're, if you're listening right now and you've had somebody confront you on something, how did you handle it? Did you immediately become defensive? Um, is that something that you're working on? And I, and I, I think both you and I are also talking about, we're talking about loved ones who are not abusive, right? Because you, you can have those emotional and mental abusive people in your life. And we're not talking about those people, right? Those people are abusive. No. Complication is impossible to have, you know, to have a good conversation with them. Yes. So, um, but, but I think, you know, as, as a listener, somebody listening to this podcast and you were a listener in whatever confrontation you had, how did you, how did you feel in that moment? And could you have done something different to make that person feel heard? Because if you come from a place of understanding and compassion, you know that it took a lot of effort for this person to tell you that, yeah. tell you something that hurt them. Yeah. Um, or has been on their mind or there was one for me. I, I cried for two weeks over it. And then I had the confrontation and it did not go. And it really tore me up. Whatever that situation was, it had hurt me so bad that I was in such distress for two weeks to be met with, well, it's not my fault. Yeah. And that was really hurtful for me right you know as a listener like how can we how can we listen to our loved ones more and, and come to a middle ground and allow it to be a discussion not a I said you said you know yeah well and just honoring that that person's that the person's hurt hurting and whether or not you feel like it was your fault or that you owe an apology, honoring, honoring that other person's, um, the other person's feelings is important. Right. That's just being a respectful human. And you can have a very calm conversation about how you, you want to understand more about where they think your role is in it and everything. Um, one of my favorite examples of a good listener on the listener side of a confrontation was I was reading Glennon Doyle's book Untamed. Yes. And she was having a, a really hard conversation with her mom who she's really close to um, concerning some family boundaries. Mm. And uh, she presented it to her mom, uh, her argument. And her mom simply said, 
I hear you and I'm going to take some time to think about it. Mm. And that's it. And it doesn't have to be anything other than that. You could be feeling, especially if you're feeling like really angry about it and confronted and like, I don't know, you're, you have so a lot of emotions coming up and that's the time to have that's the perfect response. I hear you. And I'm going to take some time to think about it and don't just use that time to stew because there, I feel like there's two different people. Like Jen and I are these two different people. <laughs> the, Jen, if I give her the space and the time, a lot of times she's a stewer and it gets more and more and more angry. <laughs> Whereas I take the time and I, I might be really angry and I'll calm way down. So mm-hmm. like understanding our, that dynamic and, you know, and how to, how to handle the other person. So if you're the type of person mm-hmm. that stews, know that you're the type of person that stews and maybe talk it out with another person that's emotionally stable and Mm -hmm. is not going to just pick your side and ramp you back up. Like you have Mm -hmm. to, you have to have some awareness of the people you surround yourself with. But I think, you know, that kind of applies to the actual confrontation part too, of knowing the other person and their Mm -hmm. personality, because like using Jen as an example, again, because we're talking like marriage is the biggest uh, Mm -hmm. place where you have confrontation. Jen is the type of person who, uh, takes everything very hard and it's, Mm -hmm. and it attacks her self-worth, even Mm -hmm. little things attack her self-worth. And that's where the defensive part can come in. And so as her spouse, I need to be very aware. And I'm not always very good at this um, because I tend to be goal oriented. Like I just, we need to have this conversation and needs to be handled and we're done. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have to be very aware of how I present something to her because her immediate internal dialogue is I'm an idiot. I'm, I'm stupid. I'm not worthy. And then the reaction to that comes back out as anger. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's that the spirals. So I, as, as her spouse, I need to understand, like, I don't want to say anything that makes her feel unworthy. I need to make sure that I present it in a way that she knows this is like, like the dishes. It's mm-hmm, not a big mm-hmm. deal. If you don't know, mm-hmm. you're not stupid. If you load if taught or ne- were never taught how to load a dishwasher and like, that's, I think that's, that can be really hard. It can be really hard to take that into consideration. And it's obviously extra work, but it's For worth sure. it because you love the person. So it's worth it. You know, you're saying just awareness. I think that's huge. Just having self-awareness and awareness of the person that you're speaking to, if it's your spouse or best friend or mom or whoever, but also I think, I think it takes practice. And like you said, with our spouses or anybody's uh, relationship, that's where you're going to have the most conflict. And, and I, I think that's where that kind of intimate relationship has so much room to grow because you have room to practice these kinds of conflicts and confrontations and learning one another and how to speak to one another. So it's like, I feel like, you know, um, Michael and I, we have our, we have our problems just like everybody else does, but it's, it's, it's the way we can come to the table and talk about it that is incredibly important. And that has taken practice, right? Like it's taken almost, we've been together, what, six or seven years. And it's like, it, it takes time to learn how to speak to one another. Cause the first time we had a fight, you know, 
probably didn't go so well. <laughs> right. <laughs> it never learning, does. <laughs> yeah. You're learning each other, but you know that you care about that person so much more than to let this one silly thing, or maybe this one big thing to get in the way and you have to come to middle ground. And um, so I think, I think that's important to note that, you know, your spouse is going to be the one place where you're going to see that kind of growth. So maybe that's where, you know, I feel comfortable approaching him and saying, Hey, so I wanted to talk to you about this. It's kind of been bothering me. And I just, I would, I just need to talk it through. But if I was to do that with somebody else, you know, a really close friend or a, a relative, I may be a little more apprehensive because I'm not sure exactly how they're going to respond. Mm -hmm. I know Michael will sit there and listen to every word I have to stay, say, and he knows I'm not done talking because I'm a talker. So he, I know he's going to sit and listen the whole time until I've like, okay, I'm done. I'm done talking. Okay. <laughs> and then he knows yeah. to respond. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, and I think, you know, I'm just more apprehensive and scared to approach other people. And I, I, I've, I've had the spectrum. I've had one, like I said, that has completely listened and I've had another that has blown up and that was probably, you know, the hardest for me, but I had another thought that I wanted to say, but I keep picturing, I, I'm a very visual analogy person. And when you were talking about how you experience a lot of conflict in your marriage, and that's like where you get, that's where you get to practice a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, we just, it's natural in a, any relationship is to have a lot of conflict. And the image I have in my head is like some really heavy block on the, a surface, on the floor, whatever, and a wedge that's constantly coming to hit the block. And if, if it's, if it's nice and flat on the floor and has good connection, Hey, here's a good analogy has a good connection with the surface. So the two pieces, when that, when that wedge tries to come hit, it's just going to hit and bounce off. Mm -hmm. But if there's just a little bit of room in there, that wedge hits and comes in. And each time that wedge is hit, it's going to further separate the, mm -hmm. the two sides. Mm -hmm. And so like having those confrontations and those discussions and keeping that solid connection between the two doesn't allow that wedge to start working its way to separate. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. how I, I picture it. Yeah. And I think so much about knowing, like, I'm just going back to that awareness, whether it's self-awareness or you know, partner awareness, just knowing you and knowing the other person I don't know. It's like, it's like knowing their, it's knowing love languages and knowing. So it's, I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain it, but you just have to be aware. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and they, they, that's how self-awareness helps everybody because the more you're aware about yourself and you surround yourself with people that are more self-aware, then, um, it makes those conversations easier. It makes life easier because you're mm. able to say, to clearly say, I feel this way. Um, and like, and they can then treat you the right way back. We definitely mm. need to have a good conversation about love languages and mm, yes, maybe just self-awareness is the, the word self-awareness. So are you saying that, you know, a uh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say it. Are you saying that if a confrontation goes really 
down spiral is that maybe because the other person is not very self-aware it could be it could also mean that you're not aware of them too mm, in my okay yeah both we're not yeah it could be either or it could be that they're not self-aware and able to regulate their feelings but it could also be that you're not aware of their trigger points and have unknowingly stepped on a landmine mm -hmm. because i think you i think you said something really important that the more that i i feel like the more self-aware both parties are the easier that kind of communication can be yes absolutely and it's it really is more of a discussion than it is i said you said kind right. of thing it's a lot easier to have those conversations with another person that um at least is working on recognizing mm -hmm. okay i feel this way why am i feeling this way i'm feeling triggered and angry and then if you need some time to process that being able to say this has brought up some um, strong feelings for me and i'm going to need to process before i say anything hurtful um you know being able to take that step back you don't have to be it doesn't have to always be this one-time perfect conversation of like Hey, when you do this, when you did this, it bothered me. Oh, um, you know, thank you for bringing that to my attention. I hear you. I'm sorry I did that. And then everything's done. Most of the time, it's not like that. Mm -hmm. So I think on both sides, being being able to say this is probably not going to be the only conversation we have about this. Sure. And it's honest. Yeah. And being able to say, okay, I'm not in the right mind space to handle this conversation right now or whatever you need. But I will, if you do that, because I have been on the receiving side of a constant, like, I don't want to have that conversation right now. I'm not in the place right now. Give a day, give a day when you are so that the person's not just going, are you ready now? Are you ready now? Are you ready now? Sure, it sure. Like, no, that's true. I can't have this conversation right now, um, but could we reconvene on Friday? I'll have more headspace to talk. I want to make sure I hear you and can process without, you know, whatever it needs to be. But I feel like, I don't know, is it emotional maturity? It's, you need to be able to have a little bit of that for the conversation to go well. Yes, I think so. And I think uh, I just, I just pulled out my book, Emotional Agility. Yeah, I need to read that book. Um, knowing when to say I think it's important to know you've got to know yourself to be able to say, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. And right now, um, I'm not, I'm not in a place to, um, fully hear you and I need time to think, like you said, yeah. but also knowing like in the middle of it, if something has kind of exploded and mm -hmm. saying, you know what, I think, um, I think we're off topic. We're not talking about the core issue here and saying we either need to reroute or maybe we need to take a break and calm down so we can approach this mm -hmm. from like a logical and rational space. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think everyone is good at verbally like talking to someone face to face through confrontation for whatever reasons. It could be trauma. It could just be not practiced. And I don't, I think people shouldn't avoid confrontation because they're afraid, afraid of doing it. I think I, and I know other people have a different opinion, like it should always be face to face, but I think written, if it's written well and 
taken from like, if so, for example, if someone were to have an issue and they were scared to confront me, I am not going to be offended if it comes in a written form. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that's a good thing because it gives you time to process it. You're not face to face. You're not having to regulate emotions right then. You can go through the whole thing and knowing like that person, like, okay, they're now they're scared. Um, and not belittling someone for not making it a face-to-face thing. I think sometimes it's okay to do it on the phone or written. I don't understand mm-hmm. the stigma about confrontation always having to be face-to-face. face-to-face. I've had really good conflict resolutions happen written. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think depending on, you know, the severity of the issue too. Yeah. Absolutely. Sometimes better. <laughs> yeah. You talk about the dishwasher in your household. <laughs> Mine is, my husband likes to keep the, the trash bins on the outside of the garage. Uh-huh. Silly to me because I don't want to dump the trash when it's raining. Yeah. Not that it's raining every day, but, but then he puts the handles backwards. So by the time it's full, I have to like jimmy the trash can out because the handles are against the house, not on the outside. Yeah. And I'm like, why do you put the handles right there? Because now I've got to, and, and so for me, it's one of those things where I say, okay, we've had, we've had these discussions. He says, what's well, my job? Don't worry about it. And so that's what I've done It's your job. I'm not going to worry about it. This is battle. I'm not going to pick, you know, like I've said my piece, just don't just stop doing it to my vacuum cleaner. Please put the handle on the outside. So I don't have to (laughs) drag the thing forward to turn it around, to wheel it out. Like, why is that? Why? It's more work to put it in there backwards. I don't get it. And so um, just don't do that to my vacuum cleaner. (laughs) You know, knowing also, uh, and that's just not a big issue, but. So being a third party mediator. Could you compromise and turn it 90 degrees and have the side against the house? Totally, totally. But um, I think that's just the way he does his, his trash bins. Yeah. So, <laughs> so funny. I'm, I'm the same way as him. I always turn it with the handles facing the house on the outside. But I, you know, I, you're bringing up valid points of like, it's because it's easier to load the trash daily you know it's easier to put the trash in because the yeah. handles are facing but the wall. it is to me, hard I'm to like, pull it out so because i'm like but now i've got to lift this yeah like 90 pounds, maybe the solution know, is turning it sideways so then you can still lift it and put stuff in but you can get to the handles and wheel it out conflict resolution right there we just yeah for me too we, we saw we literally solved everybody's problems yes. just right here everybody needs to just turn their <laughs> in 90 degrees and we just fixed the marital problem yeah. <laughs> you're welcome oh man do a class on how dishwashers work (laughs) I think that's what a big I think that's why I when I say like I had to be sensitive to to Jen's feelings of like worthiness and stuff um because I have as an engineering background I have a um a bad habit of like explaining well, like, don't you know how this works? Like that kind mm-hmm. of mindset. And like this is common don't. sense, you know? Right, but people don't know. Like people, are, their brains aren't like me. They're not weird. Like I'm the weirdo that like looks at how everything works and like, how does it, how would I do this to function properly? So in my head, like I need to load it this way because that's how the water works this way. And 
Um, when I get a new dishwasher, I have to figure out how it's doing it so that I know how to load it properly, mm, but other people same. don't think that stuff. So I need to not be rude and make assumptions of like, don't you think like you didn't figure out how it works? Don't you know? Right. I, I should know, say, I have- Hey, heads up. The dishwasher does this. So if we turn them this way, they're not going to get clean. Like yeah. we got to make sure they're facing this way. Yeah. See, you know what? I mean, you just taught me something because I really didn't think about how the water is sprayed in there. I mean, our dishes come out clean, so I must, I must do it right. <laughs> but you're a natural dishwasher <laughs> loader. Just natural. I just, I just know these things, but um, no, I, I, I understand that though. And sometimes that is my, one of my uh, toxic traits is like, don't you know, but, but also I come from, a, I come from a place of like things that I don't know. I'm like, but I'm just trying to learn. And then I turn around and I'm like, well, it's common sense, you know? And um, yeah, it's like, it's like mansplaining. We give a lot, we give guys a lot of, uh, I want to say, give the right word is it? We're on a podcast. We give them um, <laughs> a lot of grief for mansplaining, but there are some of us, I am, I am bad about that. And I don't do it out of malice. It's yes. just, yeah. Because I, that's my normal brain pattern is to think about how everything works. And I've, yeah. I've had to do a lot of reminding myself of other people don't care. They don't care about how something works. They don't look at that stuff. They just want it to, they just want to plug it in and it they're just stop. getting it done. Yeah. Right. They're just getting it done. They're not dumb. And it's, and I don't feel like anyone else is dumb. I just, like, to me, it's obvious. I've already looked at this. Like, didn't you know, yeah. you didn't know that it did that. Uh, so no, it's, I res I resonate with exactly what you're saying. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if we're going to challenge Cindy, I like that we closed yesterday, not yesterday, last week with a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, Oh, we did some good journal topics too. Mm-hmm. I would like to do that again here for I'm in my, if I were to go journal about confrontation, Mm-hmm. I like to think ahead. So I'd probably be thinking about something that's been on my mind that is causing some conflict and how I could, um, and ways I could deal with it or what I'm feel why I'm scared to bring it up. Why haven't I brought it up? Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm feeling about it. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts on? Like, if you were to journal about confrontation, what questions would you ask? So I think I would come from a place of reflection and I would I would think about maybe past conflicts and confrontations, myself as the receiving end and how I handled something and how I want to be better about receiving that kind of information in the future and how I respond. Mm-hmm. I think that's important because I think there's always room for growth in that area, especially if it's a confrontation with, um, you know, if it's frequent, like with Michael or something, you know, um, or if it's with just someone that's really close to us, we've maybe had one or two confrontations and how can I, how can I be better? How can I do better? How can I listen better? How can I come from a compassionate standing? And then also what you just said, something that's, if something is bothering me, why is it bothering me? And what feelings is that bringing up for me? And how can I approach this? Yeah. Don't avoid the feelings. It always feels weird to say like, how am I feeling about it? I think there's such a stigma of don't avoid the feelings. You're writing in a journal, Mm -hmm. write down your feelings, dig Mm -hmm. in in there and figure out 
I think that's where the meat is. That's where you're going to come up with where the real conflict lies, mm -hmm. in your feelings. And I think it's easy. It's easy to not feel it, right? You can just ignore it and just like move on, yeah. but that doesn't make it better. And as the slight edge says, or the book, Jeff Olson says from his book, The Slight Edge, you know, he says, it's easy to do the easy thing, but it's also easy to do the hard thing. Yeah. You just have to do it. Yeah. Different kinds of hard. Different kinds of hard. Yeah. And then I guess a challenge would be going forward. I mean, you're going to face conflict. So trying handling it, whether you're the confronter and reminding yourself before the conversation that you love this person and mm -hmm. that you both don't want to fight. So finding a good resolution. Um, and then as the listener coming from a place, like you need to be a good listener. You're on a, you're on the receiving end, listen to it. You have a huge amount of control over the whole situation. So if you mm -hmm. don't want it to escalate, then I feel like the listener has the most control over the mm -hmm. escalation. That's a lot of power to have recognizing sure. that power, but I don't know if like a specific single action, like, I don't want to go say, go have a confrontation. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so oh, go ahead and it. just go ahead and phone up your friend. <laughs> Reach out to your spouse about that dishwasher. Yeah. <laughs> that trash, trash can. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I would say, what were your aha moments during this episode? What made you go, huh? Yeah. I thought about it that way. What was your aha moment? And if you're feeling brave, message it to us. Yeah. The I'm golden nugget. My... That's what I call them. What was your Ooh. golden nugget? I like that. All right. Well, well next week, we got to figure out what word we're going to talk about. Yeah. We've got a good list. I'm going to get our Instagram at least up and going and uh, you can message us there. Or if you follow either of us individually on Instagram, message us there. So yeah, let us know Stay how tuned. we're doing. Most of you guys that are listening at this point are um, friends. So you already know us personally. Reach out and let us know what you like, what you don't like. We're new at this, obviously, and want to get better. Don't be afraid of the confrontation. There's the challenge. Confront <gasps> oh us and tell us tell if it's us. something that you're not a fan of or um, that you really like, that you'd wish we'd do more of. Maybe a yeah. word that you want us to talk about. Oh, send us a word. Yeah, we need all the words. Other things to look forward to. Rachel and myself are going to also do like little independent segments. Yeah. We haven't really decided exactly what we're going to call them. But, um, you know, when you're driving in the car and you have some fabulous idea and I don't know if you do it, I do it. Maybe it's weird, but, and I'll sit there and I'll like talk to myself. Recently, I'm like, I'm just going to record it. So I sit down and I just record it. So it'll be like little segments with me. It won't be very long. And then it'll be little segments with Rachel. And so we're going to figure out what's going to look like. And yeah, we're going to, we're excited about that little. It's going to be a really fun addition. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll All right. wrap this up. Thank you for joining. It's just a word and we will see you next week. We'll see you then. All right. Bye friends. Yeah. guys thank you so much for being here we hope you enjoyed our conversation and ultimately found some aha moments that allow you to reflect and take positive action if you found this episode interesting and helpful please consider liking sharing subscribing 
and even leaving a review. As always, you are worthy, loved, and powerful.